What would you say is the worst way to die? Maybe drowning? Maybe suffocation? Being buried alive? Okay, what about suffocating, drowning, and being buried alive all at the same time in a pit of human waste? This is a gross one, and the internet says it's true. Welcome back to The Internet Says It's True, where every week we learn something that sounds like it's made up, but it's really true, part of the WCBE podcast experience out of Columbus, Ohio, and my name is Michael Kent. Thank you for joining me again this week. This is episode 139. We've done this for 139 weeks, and in that time we've done 112 Uh, Actually, this is 113 different amazing stories. Uh, You know, we've had a few repeats in there over the years. And if you enjoy these stories, please consider supporting the podcast on Patreon. That address is patreon.com slash Michael Kent. You can join at just $1 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, where if you join at the $10 a month level, you actually get to see full-length magic shows that I do. I upload those videos there. That's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. Also... If you enjoy this podcast, don't hesitate to go onto the Apple Podcast app and leave a five-star review along with a sentence or two about why you like the show. Those ratings and the reviews, they really help grow the show. They get more listeners in, and, and that makes that a lot more fun for all of us. I hope you enjoyed last week's show about the Cleveland balloon disaster. But for this episode, we're going back 802 years before that story. So this happened in 12th century Germany. Germany was part of the Holy Roman Empire, along with the Netherlands, Belgium, Switzerland, Austria, Luxembourg, the Czech Republic, Northern Italy, Slovenia, Slovakia, Poland, and part of France. It was a huge land. And in the early 1100s, a member of the Hohenstaufen dynasty, Hohenstaufen, took the throne of Holy Roman Empire, Henry VI. Henry, or Heinrich, we'll refer to him as both in this episode, had just returned to Germany after studying in Italy with his father. He came back speaking several languages and was an accomplished poet. Here's a love poem he wrote from the voice of a female companion. Quote, Now fare you well and ride, dearest of all men, the chosen one that I desire most again. I'll die with longing for you every day. Not even God can pay me back in all the world for what I'll lack, said she while you're away. It was your luck, good friend, that we lay face to face. I touch you in my mind and still feel your embrace. I want you to enjoy the thoughts I hold, since you're what's excellent in them, as setting of a noble gem adorns a work of gold." End quote. Uh, You know, I'm adding this beautiful poem here because it beautifully offsets what we're about to talk about in a bit. So there's a little juxtaposition about to happen. So we're back in the 12th century Germany, uh, and this is the the Germanic Holy Roman Empire. And there were constantly land battles and struggles for power happening. Jurisdictional lines were always being contested and fought over. And the Holy Roman Empire was really split into a lot of different types of towns and states and cities and jurisdictions. There was an even uh, a greater struggle happening. The struggle between feudal nobles and religious leaders of the Roman Catholic Church. The church would claim land for itself, only for noblemen to say that it belonged to them. And this happened all over the empire, and it happened for the entire thousand-year lifespan of the empire. The dispute that we're talking about here happened very soon after Heinrich took the throne. There was a land dispute between two men in the area, Conrad of Wittelsbach, otherwise known as Archbishop Conrad of Mainz, and Ludwig III, who was Landgrave of Thuringia. 
I've also seen him referred to as Louis III. The name Conrad is a title of nobility, basically meaning brave counsel, and Landgrave is another title of nobility. It's kind of similar to a duke. So the Conrad of Wittelsbach and the Landgrave of Thuringia, they had this problem. And history didn't record exactly what the conflict was, but it's a safe bet to say that it was over land and power. A Landgrave historically referred to imperial immediacy, which was a system where the person's land they like didn't answer to any local nobles or lords or anything. They were only to fall under the power of the Holy Roman Empire itself. I guess this guy was like a 12th century sovereign citizen or something. Well, this issue had been going on for quite some time, and good old King Henry, Heinrich, decided he needed to do something about it once and for all. These two men had been feuding ever since the military action that had taken place in Poland against Henry the Lion like 20 years before, so it was time to finally stop this and settle it. He traveled through the country, meeting with the men and cordially inviting them to a formal sit-down. It was happening at the Petersburg Citadel in Erfurt. Men started assembling in Erfurt the day before, on July 25, 1184. It was a giant fortress-like church building in the middle of Erfurt, Germany, which is a city situated about halfway between Frankfurt and Berlin in the central part of modern-day Germany. Numbers vary, and it depends on where you get the information, but it could have been more than 100 nobles that gathered in the citadel that next morning, on July 26th. That's where it all went to sh- That is where it all went bad. And we'll get to that after a quick break. If you love listening to this podcast every week and you want to show your support, that would mean a great deal to me. You can do that by becoming a Patreon member. We've got members at all levels, whether you want to pledge $1 a month or $10 a month. Just think about the value that you receive from this show. And if you like the histories and the stories that you learn about or the jokes that you hear, and if you think that they're worth it, consider signing up. For that, you get every episode ad-free and a week early, access to bonuses like the unedited videos of the guest appearances, and 20% off all merchandise. You can sign up today at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. That's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. There was a time that humans used 100% organic products as healing balms and moisturizers for their skin. Well, I've partnered with an awesome company that wants to get back to those times. Fatco sells organic and responsibly made tallow-based skincare products. For centuries, humans used tallow in skin moisturizers and healing bombs, but unfortunately, the topical application of these fats seemed to stop around the same time that animal fats stopped being considered part of a healthy diet. A lot of modern skincare products do more harm than good by stripping your skin of its natural oils. Let's change that. You can try them out now at fatco.com and get 15% off your order by using my promo code INTERNET. Go to theinternetsaysitstrue.com slash deals for the link. On the Music Journeys podcast, artists reflect on their careers and the importance of music in their lives. Donna McGavro has been singing for decades in Columbus and still finds inspiration in crafting new songs. It keeps me centered. It's a spiritual path. I do not believe I'm the best, but I feel I have something to offer, too. I keep putting it out there. Keeps me young, Mike. Hear more from McGavro and other local and national artists on Music Journeys in the podcast experience at wcbe.org. The Internet Says It's True is happy to be sponsored by The Power of the Streak. This is an easy-to-read book by author Kara Wood with the best idea yet for consistent exercise and staying motivated over time. That part I read. This part I'm telling you from the heart. 
I struggle with working out regularly. You know, I'll go back, I'll start exercising, and then I'll stop after a couple of weeks, or I'll go a week and a half, and then I'll stop. And I learned that I'm not the only one who this happens to. So Kara has a similar story. Kara was, you know, basically without motivation for years. And she was able to find that formula that got her to flip the switch, and she hasn't looked back. She actually has been able to stick with it through uh, the methods that she teaches in her book. So she tells her story of starting and keeping a running streak for 12 busy years while having a demanding career, two kids. I mean, she has the the secret to, to exercise no matter what. Her story is funny, it's relatable and inspiring, and she explains to you how you can do the same thing with any exercise. And it doesn't have to be running, which is hard on your knees and hurts your feet. And this isn't just the internet saying it's true. Even a cynic will leave feeling motivated, inspired, and excited to commit once and for all to long-lasting exercise and fitness. The book is called The Power of the Streak by Kara Wood, and it's available in all formats where books are sold. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you can also get the audiobook on iTunes and Audible. So make sure, you know, you, you learn all about this. Go pick up the book. You can also follow The Power of the Streak on Instagram. It's just at The Power of the Streak and Twitter, Power of Streak. I think that you will enjoy it. It was the morning of July 26th, 1184. More than 100 nobles from around the German Holy Roman Empire were meeting in Erfurt to settle long-standing land disputes mostly between Conrad of Mainz and Louis III of Thuringia. They were meeting on the second floor of the structure, and that's when the floor started creaking. The wood supports beneath their feet gave out from the weight of the large gathering of men. They plummeted to the floor below, where they broke through it as well. Falling two floors would be bad enough, but what was really bad was what was under that first floor. It was a large latrine pit in the cellar. All of the human waste from anyone in the citadel was routed down into a cesspit below the first floor. So first of all, imagine the everyday smell of just that. Just a giant latrine pit below the main floor of the building. Maybe that's why they were meeting on the second floor. Many of the men fell all the way into the pit. Some were able to hang on and stay on the first floor without falling in, but most weren't that lucky. The men that did fall in, some of them were hit in the head with falling debris and large wooden rafters. Others fell straight into the pit. They couldn't swim. These were noble people, not athletes. They may have been great at poems and history, not so much at swimming, so lots of them drowned in the latrine. Others suffocated to death from the fumes. Others were crushed to death. Now our king, King Henry VI, was sitting on a part of the room with a stone floor, so he survived. So did Landgrave Louis III of Thuringia, and by luck, Conrad Mainz survived as well, having grabbed onto the iron rails of a nearby window. It's said that as many as 60 nobles perished. 60, all at once. Some scholars put the count at closer to 100. Count Gosmar III of Ziegenhain, Count Friedrich I of Abenberg, Burgrave Friedrich I of Kirchberg, Count Heinrich I of Schwarzburg, Count Burgrave Burchard of Wartburg, Burgmeister Brewer of Wartschitt, and Beringer of Maldigan, all dead in a pit of human waste. Any count from any burg that meant anything from around the area was instantly gone, as many as 60 all at once. 
and they were only there to help settle a land dispute between two people with whom they weren't even involved. In any case, the Erfurt Latrine disaster was one of the most notable deaths of a mass number of nobles all at once in the history of the Holy Roman Empire. And it would have been even more consequential had King Heinrich died as well. History didn't record what exactly happened with the land dispute, but to this day, you can go to Erfurt, Germany and actually visit the building where this amazingly disgusting event happened. It's the oldest surviving building of the Petersburg Citadel called the Peterskirch or St. Peter's Church. So if you're into tragedy tourism, there's one to put on your list. The grossest mass death known to man. The internet says it's disgustingly true. It's time for the part of the podcast where I call a friend, and today we're doing it weird. This was a weird story, so I figured we'd, we'd go with something else weird. I had this idea that it would be fun to play the game with complete strangers. So there's this website that you may have heard of called Chat Roulette. It allows you to video chat with randomly selected strangers. Now, I don't know what it's like now, because it used to be that this was a really perilous website to go on. It was just a bunch of creepy dudes being creepy. Uh, and I think that they've put some things in place to keep clothes on on the on the website now. And so we're just going to just we're just going to see what we get. These are all complete strangers. I have never met or talked with any of these people, and they could be from anywhere in the world. Let's see what happens. Hello, you're on the internet. Says it's true. Would you like to be on a podcast today? Um. Okay. Should be interesting. Fantastic. Uh, so, first of, all, first of all, tell us your first name. <clears throat> My name is Ahmed. Ahmed, where are you joining us from today? Jordan. Jordan. And what do you do for a living in Jordan? I'm a computer engineer. A computer engineer from Jordan. Uh, this is a podcast about weird history topics. This particular question, uh, we're just going to give you one question here, and we're going to play for a joke. So if you get the question wrong, it'll be multiple choice. If you get it wrong, you got to tell me a joke. If you get it right, I will tell you a joke. Does that sound good? Okay. All right. I guarantee that my jokes will be funny, but... They don't have to be funny. Mine aren't funny either. Uh, this uh, is a question about 12th century Germanic Roman Empire. There's no way anyone would know this unless you act absolutely knew the story, but I'm just curious... Here's your question. Ahmed, back in the 12th century, as many as 60 nobles in the Holy Roman Empire all died the worst death known to man. Which one of these describes how they died? A, they were all attacked and eaten by fire ants. B, they all drowned or suffocated in a vat of human waste. Or C, they all starved when the town cook died. I'm going to go with B. With B, they all drowned or suffocated in a vat of human waste? Yeah. That is the correct answer, Ahmed. You got it right. Uh, they all drowned or suffocated in a vat of human waste when the second floor of the St. Petersburg um, Citadel in Erfurt, Germany, collapsed. Uh, they fell through yeah. the floor, and then as many as 60 noble people died. Is this a story that you've heard of? Yeah, I, I, I am familiar with that one, actually. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for taking part. Is there anything you want to plug or tell us about today where people can find what you do online? Uh, not really. Okay. I mean, most of my job is uh, within companies, so I can't really share, share any uh, <laughs> Understood. information considering well, the NDAs. Absolutely. Well, because of our agreement here, I do owe you a joke. So here's the joke. Yeah, what did the, What did the king say when he heard that the peasants were revolting? 
He mm, said he he said he agrees because they never bathe and they always stink. See, because revolting has two meanings, <laughs> and it's just a horrible joke. I told you mine were bad too, man. Anyway, thank it was, you. It was a nice dad joke. <laughs> it was a good dad joke. You're absolutely <laughs> yeah. right. I'm Ed from Jordan. Thank you so much for joining us on the Internet Says It's True. Thank you. And uh, we appreciate you. Take care, man. Welcome to the Internet Says It's True. Would you like to be on a podcast today? Yes, sir. All right. Where are you joining us from? I am joining you from my podcast right here in uh, Los Angeles, California. Fantastic. What's your podcast called? I am a Dr. Dandruff podcast. Dr. Dandruff. And what's your name? Are you Dr. Dandruff? I'm Dr. Dandruff. You have no hair, Dr. Dandruff. How does that, they how does that work? I call me Dandruff because I get on your head. You know, I'm a roaster. <laughs> I'm a comedian. Fantastic. Love it. Love it. Well, my podcast is about weird offbeat history, and we have stakes for every question. And we're just going to do one question with you today, Dr. Dandruff, for this next mm. question. We're going to play for posting about this podcast on your social media. So if you get it wrong, if you get this question wrong, you've got to make a post about my podcast, which is called The Internet Says It's True. If you get it right, I will make a post about the Dr. Dandruff podcast on my social. If I get it wrong or right, I'll still post. I appreciate that. That's a poor podcast. I appreciate that. Uh, Here's your question. The Middle Ages were kind of a weird and gross time in history. Which one of these three things was known to be used as currency in the Middle Ages England? A, eels, B, dead birds, or C, bags of cow manure? Damn. Yeah, this is a tough one. They're all disgusting. I'll probably just go with the, probably the eels. The eels? The answer is A, eels. You got this right. During the Middle Ages, eels were found in abundance all over England, even in like rivers and streams and stuff. So they collected them. They put them on these units called sticks. There were 25 eels to a stick, which was probably the number of eels you could smoke on a stick at one time. Mm -hmm. Ten sticks of eels was called a bind. There are actually records that we have of people paying for stuff like rent with sticks of eels. It's the weirdest currency probably I've ever heard of. Okay, that's cool. All right, I came. I saw I conquered. I'm dandruff, man. Hey, you got to post it. I'll post yours. (laughs) You said the internet is always right, right? The, The internet says it's true. Says it's true. The internet says it's true. That's right. And I'll post the the. Uh, you said Doctor Dandruff podcast. Yeah, D R D A N Druff. Like all I will. I will check it out. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, brother. I'll catch you up. What is up? What up? <laughs> Where are you joining us from? I am from Syria, man, and you? I am in the United States. Say one more time where you are. I am Syrian, Syria, in the Middle Syria. East. Syria. Oh, awesome, awesome. Uh, would you mind answering a trivia question for a podcast for us? Sure, man. That's awesome. And what's your first name? Mustafa. Mustafa. Uh, So here's the question, and we're going to play for a sticker. So if you get it right, I'll mail you this sticker from the United States. It says the Internet says it's true. This is the name of the podcast. The Internet says it's true. Here's your question. Uh, So this we're going back to the Holy Roman Empire, the Germanic Holy Roman Empire. I know nothing about this. I had to Google all of this. Mm -hmm. How many people were part of the Germanic Holy Roman Empire at its peak? It's a multiple-choice question. So at its largest, how many people? A, 26 million people, B, 2 million people, or C, 650,000 people? Okay, that's a very good question because I really can't tell the answer, but I will try to think logical okay. and say, I know that about zero for Christus, there was around 100 million people. Okay. And you are talking about one of the biggest empires of history. It was all right. around the Middle East. It's a very 
good ground so it means probably there will be a lot of people living there but 24 million is not convenience because it sounds unrealistic because that's one quadra like one fourth so i will go with the second answer 2.6 million the answer is a 26 million people uh it's a it was a huge empire but you know when you think about what all it included the holy the germanic holy roman empire was germany belgium luxembourg holland northern italy slovenia slovakia republic um australia or no austria excuse me part of france and all of poland so it was a huge area but uh so thank you so much for playing we really appreciate you joining us from syria and uh this podcast will go out on monday it's called the internet says it's true and uh, thanks for taking part have a wonderful day hello what's up hey you good i am fantastic i'm in ohio in the u.s and i'm currently recording segments for a podcast that i do uh and it's uh yeah and so i'm just finding random people to answer trivia questions one at a time um, and they're trivia questions that no one would ever know. So it's mostly just a, a stab in the dark, just a guess. Would you like to join? Uh, sure. I'm going to be so shit at this, but yeah, go for it. You know what? There's no, it would be weird if you knew all this stuff. This is, these are really strange, um, topics. This particular mm-hmm. one is about the Holy Roman empire, the Germanic Holy Roman empire. Okay. So a long time ago, um, don't know how mu- how up you are on your history. First of all, tell us your first name. I'm Charlie. Charlie, Michael, uh, Charlie, and where are you joining us from? I think you're in the UK, yes? I am, yes. I'm from Wales. From Wales. Fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us. What do you do for a living, Charlie? Um, I'm a uh, speech and language therapist. I think you guys call them speech pathologists over there. Yeah, I've heard both here. So um, that's that's a really, really cool thing. I studied linguistics in college, really nice. enjoyed linguistics. Um, here where I live in Ohio, we have a very large Somalian population. And so pretty much if you want to study linguistics here in Ohio, mm-hmm. you're working on Somalian, um, which are very difficult languages. <laughs> Some of those languages are you know, the click-based languages where there's six mm. different click sounds and they're very difficult for Westerners to produce. So um, really interesting stuff. Well, this has nothing to do with speech pathology or speech and language um, at all. This is about the yep. Holy Roman Empire, Charlie. Um, so the empire lasted for a thousand years uh-huh. with a few on and off periods in there. Mm-hmm. The first emperor of the Holy Roman Empire was Charlemagne. So mm-hmm. Charlemagne had a nickname and it's one of these three things. I'll give you multiple choice. Okay. What name was Charlemagne also known as? Was it A, Carl, B, Charlie, or C, Christian? Mm, okay. Charlemagne. I mean... I told you, there's no way you would know. These are these these are just way out there questions. Stab in the duck. I mean, Charlie seems too on. It seems too obvious to go for it. Um, I would go with right. Uh, Carl also seems very random. I'm gonna go for with for the third one. With Christian, Christian, yeah. The answer, Charlie, is Carl. What? Uh, That's they insane. Charlemagne. It, yeah, they called him Carl. It seems like such a modern name for a person. Uh, but yeah, they referred to Charlemagne as Carl. So there you go. It would have been funny okay. if it was Charlie. That would but have no, been very, it wasn't. very on point. What a weird <laughs> coincidence. coincidence. Yes. By 843, Charlemagne's empire had split into three kingdoms, each of which was ruled by a member of his family. And then following Charlemagne, there was no Holy Roman Emperor until Otto was crowned in 962. After 1438, all but one of the holders of the prestigious title were Habsburg monarchs. In 1806, Napoleon abolished the title. 
So there you go. If anyone brings up the topic of Charlemagne and history with you, you have a fun tidbit to share. He was also known as oh. Carl. Charlie, thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate you joining us today. Thanks, Charlie. You're very welcome. Have a great Sunday. You too. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Hello. Hi. I'm uh, doing a segment for a podcast. Would you be interested in answering one multiple choice trivia question? Sure. Awesome. And what's your name? Uh, I'm Eamon. Eamon. And where are you joining us from? Uh, from Morocco. Morocco, fantastic. And it looks like you're working with a pencil and paper. Are you studying currently? Yes, I'm studying politics. <laughs> politics. Oh, that's fantastic. And when you study politics in Morocco, are you studying Moroccan politics or world politics? No, world politics. World politics. Interesting. And are you, is this finals for you? Uh, yes, I have certain contests to pass. Oh, okay. Well, good luck to you. Um, you so this much. has nothing to do with with uh, any of that, probably. This is a weird old history question. Okay. Uh, and tell me one more, your name one more time. Is it Eamon? Yes, Eamon. Eamon. Uh, okay, so for this uh, question, this is going to be, like I said, it's a weird one that probably no one's ever heard of. And we're playing for a compliment. So if you get it right, I will compliment you. If you get it wrong, you've got to compliment me. That's how it works. Is that fair? Yeah, sure thing. Fantastic. One weird battle you may have seen in medieval Germany would have been one person standing in a hole with one hand behind his back and the other person hitting them with a bag of rocks. If you saw this, which one of these things could you assume was happening? A. They were training for battle. B. They were a married couple settling a dispute. Or C. The man in the hole was being inducted into his royal title. All right. Could you repeat the scene? Absolutely. There's a guy in a hole with one hand behind his back, and there's another person hitting that guy with a bag of rocks. And your, your options are they were training for battle, they're a married couple settling a dispute, or there's a guy being inducted into his royal title. I think they were training for battle. Okay. The answer, believe it or not, Eamon, they were a married couple settling a dispute. <laughs> this is according to LiveScience.com. Uh, they said, quote, trial by single combat was a popular way to solve disagreements. And when a man and wife were fighting, there were bizarre restrictions. For example, the husband must stand in a hole with a hand behind his back while his wife ran around with a sack filled with rocks and hit him with it. So um, <laughs> such a so weird, weird, weird yeah. thing. Yeah. I wish that that helped you with your politics. Uh, yeah. They, well, that's what the, the podcast is. It's called The Internet Says It's True. And every week, uh, basically... We uh, find a weird history story. This week's story was a, a very strange 12th century Holy Roman Empire story. And so, um, and that's, you said that's, that's interesting. interesting. So I get, so I think that now I got to compliment you, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think that you are very hardworking because finding uh, such quote unquote weird uh, historical uh, cultures, if we could say so. Uh, it's not. I don't think that it's easy work because you can't find them anywhere. Or I mean, you can find them, but it's not easy. You you, you got to dig very. You got to dig very deep in internet and uh, Wikipedia and encyclopedias and such. And the sure. fact that you do it every week is uh, says a lot about you. Uh, well, thank you so much, you Eamon. Well. I appreciate it, and I wish you well. I hope thank that you, you do so well much. with your uh, with your world politics studying. Thank and so uh, thanks for joining us today. We really yeah, appreciate of course. it. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. And uh, good luck. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Thank
Thank I appreciate you. it. Take care. Goodbye. Well, that is all for this week. Thank you so much to all my new stranger friends from all over the world for being my guests via chat roulette. Here's a medieval peasant. Thank you for listening to The Internet Says It's True. To listen to episodes ad-free and a week early, support us on Patreon. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash Michael Kent. If you learned something just now that you didn't already know, go to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review with five stars and a few words. That helps us a ton, because that's how the algorithm works. I don't know what an algorithm is, but just do it! See you next week for a brand new episode of The Internet Says It's True! The Internet Says It's True would like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions help to make this show possible. Dallas Ray, Sean Brown, Bryce Swanson, Eugene Anderson, Matt McVeigh, Jim Martin, Joanne Martin, the show's official Emperor Kick Track. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Finite Music Forge. All audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under Fair Use Title 17 USC Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. <laughs>